1: I realized um, as just a little short time ago that every time I come to this church building, I am uh, wearing this, this shirt. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to get myself a new wardrobe. Well, oh, we can do that. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. It's really good to be with you. and Thank you so much for coming out tonight. Um, I hope what I have to deliver to you tonight is far more exciting than the, the latest Apple uh, product release. Off the iPhone that's out there or the Bake Off or whatever else is on TV. But I really appreciate you coming out and, uh, and spending this evening with me. Um, when David uh, wrote to me and asked me if I would come and talk, I was, um, I was quite intrigued that he actually gave me a, a framework to work within. Uh, You see, I'm a bit of a storyteller, I like to tell stories, I like to get into the story of things, and uh, and David quite rightly harnessed me in a little bit to kind of get to the point with you guys. Um, So he asked me to share on miracles and the church and to keep my feet firmly in the book of Acts. So we're going to do that this evening, is keep our feet in the book of Acts, and I hope that when we jump in there and we begin to see the story of all the amazing things that happen in there, I will be able to find my wings and float around a little bit and give you some really uh, helpful tools uh, in order to, for you guys to reach out and see lives saved, uh, changed. So the book of Acts um, is a book written, just to give you a little bit of background, there's some young people here and maybe some young people in the faith here. Uh, the, the book of Acts was written by a doctor, his name's Luke, uh, and Luke was a traveling companion for Paul as he made his missionary journeys around. And, Paul, and Luke writes in such a way that he tries to give us as much information uh, in his two books um, about Jesus and the things that Jesus was doing. he's also the same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke. Some people say that uh, Luke's, the, the, the two books were written for a purpose. And that purpose was that these writings would be presented in court on Paul's behalf to uh, stand up and be a witness for the, the growth and explosion of the Christian church as the message reached Rome. In the first book, uh, the Gospel of Luke, like I just said, um, he wrote all about the things that Jesus did. Uh, the book begins, and the book of um, Acts begins with this opening line. It says, Dear Theophilus, in my previous book, I began to tell you all the things that Jesus had begun to do. In this opening statement, I, which I really, really like, yeah. um, in this opening statement, Luke is making a statement about what the rest of the book of Acts is all about. He says, in my previous book, in my previous letter to you, I began to tell you all about the things that Jesus had begun to do. So what he's saying is, and I'm going to continue to tell you all the amazing things that Jesus continues to do and has continued to do moving forward. In these opening lines, he's just making these, uh, the, this statement that the, the next phase of Christ's Uh, manifestation and work in the world was not going to be in his physical self but was now going to be manifest through you and me through the church and we know this because we've we can read ahead some people have called this book the acts of the apostles others have called it the acts of the Holy Spirit and they're almost definitely involved in all of this Um, but what Luke says in this opening statement is that this book is about the acts of Jesus the acts of Christ and the acts of Christ moving through his people. It's a blueprint book. Um, it's a blueprint book that will help you grow individually, and it certainly helps the church grow corporately when we read into the things that happened in there uh, and, and see what are the little nuggets that have helped the church explode into growth throughout all the time. It's also a book that's completely full of miracles. Now, Luke's really, really accurate in the way that he writes. Nobody can call him a, a, a miracle monger, a storyteller. You know, he's not in it just for the the, 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 the flash of lights and the, and the show side of things. He's writing things that are really, really accurate. But in the things that he's writing, he's constantly talking about miracles. There's miracles in the beginning. There's miracles in the middle. And there's miracles in the end. And miracles get me really, really excited. I get, do you get excited about miracles? Yeah. I do. Miracles, signs... And wonders. These these things, are, as we find, are the are the very foundation of uh, what God needs sometimes for the growth of the church. I've been doing a lot of study on miracles, I want to see miracles every day, and, um, and, I, and I see miracles all of the time, I see these different things happening to me, and, and we can look at this extreme end of things, of, of healings and, uh, and that kind of thing, and we can go, oh, that's all that there is in miracles, but that's not the, all that's there in miracles, miracles are going on all the way, all the time around us, and, and if we open our eyes to the miracles in the everyday, in the little things then we really can appreciate all the things that God is doing all the time. We're not just looking for that big pow moment, but we can say, wow, God, you're doing this here and you're doing this there. So in my studies of looking at miracles, I found that the Latin meaning for a miracle is object of wonder object of wonder. Uh, A miracle defies logic. It doesn't make sense. It it, it, it can't be put into a rational thought. You you can't really figure out, oh, that happened and then this happened and then this happened. A miracle is something that makes you go, huh, wow, I wonder how that happened. I wonder how um, how that worked out. And miracles are used for the explosive growth of the church. And this way that Jesus grew the church in, in the book of Acts is the same way he wants to grow the church today. Yes,
0: yes that's true.
1: Every day he wants to grow the church yes. through miracles. Yes, he does. Jesus, uh, the book begins with uh, Luke telling us how Jesus is spending his, some time with his disciples. He's, he's been raised from the dead, he's there in an eternal, glorious body. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that make you wonder? Yeah. He's just sat there, like having a chat with them, you know, in this amazing body, you know, just wow something that you've never seen before. And he's talking to them about all the things that are going to happen, uh, happen to them and, and what's going to happen next. And, and then he does this amazing thing and ascends into heaven. But um, before that, he tells his disciples to stay in Jerusalem. He says, I want you to stay in Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the promised gift that my father will, set, will send to you, the, the Holy Spirit. He says, John baptised with water, but in a few days, you are going to be baptised in the Holy Spirit what does that mean you know you sat there with Jesus and he's talking about we're about to be baptised in the Holy Spirit nobody's been baptised in the Holy Spirit before doesn't that make you wonder Doesn't that, you? Know, how is that going to be possible how, I mean they do they ask are you going to start bringing in the kingdom now before he disappeared off into, into the clouds what do you mean Jesus what do you mean? And Jesus is saying, there's a miracle going to take place. Amen. A miracle, something that's never happened before in the entirety of all creation is about to happen. And I just, I just want you guys to stay and wait for it to happen. Let's have a look at, um, at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. If a miracle is an object of wonder, then a miracle... Is about to take place in here. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Is that normal? No. (laughs) You're sitting there. You're, you're just waiting with, your, with with the rest of the guys. You've been praying. Some of you have been making cups of tea, and you know you, can, you can, And suddenly, there's a noise that fills the whole house, and it sounds like the blowing of a violent wind. That's not normal. It's just a sound. You know they're not being. This isn't a hurricane coming into the into the room. They themselves aren't being blown around. It's not the Wizard of Oz that's happening. Just this sound of of, of this violent wind blowing around them this is a moment that's never ever going to be repeated again okay people say to oh why don't we hear sounds of wind blowing and why don't we see all these things happening well you know Jesus was only born once and the church was only born once and it was a pretty dramatic thing okay we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit now he's here but this moment here this, this birthing of the church by the Holy Spirit this is not normal this is amazing it's not going to be repeated again it's a supernatural birth of the church it's a one of a kind experience and uh, it's this one of a kind experience that's enabled you and me to live in the power of the Holy Spirit moving that's right. forward that's right. okay. so this sound of a mighty wind fills the room fills the whole house and the disciples are just sat there and they're waiting for a gift so they're sat there they're not freaking out I think I'd be freaking out. But they're not freaking out, okay? They're they're, they're just waiting. Something's about to happen. Something incredible. And then fire appears. Fire. (laughs) This fire appears in the room. And it's not burning them. There's no heat coming off it. It's just fire. Now that makes me wonder. That's strange, isn't it? So this fire appears in front of them. There's no noise, there's no heat, but the fire's there. This fire helped the men and women that were in the room uh, authenticate what was happening. They knew that this was coming from God. You see, fire uh, uh, was really important to the Jews and to to Israel when speaking about God. There was a man called Moses. You all remember him? Do you remember the story of how he was in the wilderness and he saw in the distance this burning bush and he went over to it and he looked and he saw this bush that was on fire and then he was was, uh, confused then he wondered he went huh what's wrong with this bush it's on fire but it's not being consumed and then God spoke to him from the flames yeah God in the flames that picture of the burning bush is a picture of you and me today a common everyday person like a common everyday bush being consumed by God in fire and speaking his words wherever we go and yet we're not getting burned up and we don't fizzle out, and we just continue burning. Yeah. And so for these, you know, the, these young boys, when they saw fire in the room, they knew that God was about to do something. For Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they followed a cloud of by day and fire by night. Fire spoke of God's presence. It spoke of where he was, wherever the fire was. That's where God was. And this fire appeared in the room, and then this fire broke off into different flickers and came to land on top of each One of the disciples, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. God wasn't outside of them anymore. I love this. You know, God was no longer a distant thing on the end edge of camp, hidden in a tent. You know, He was no longer um, a, a burning in a bush. He was no longer. He said, He said, "I will be your God, and you will be." my people. God had come to make his home within us. That's amazing. That's a miracle. That's a miracle, folks. That's bigger than somebody getting out of a wheelchair or raising the dead. God, the creator of the entire cosmos. God. God's massive, right? Have you seen how big the universe is? And we've not even, we have even—we only get to see a little slice of it through some telescope. God who created all of that. Who created all the stars, all the moons, all the planets. Who created infinite, infinite, infinite. Who created the tiny details of the leaves and the insects and everything else. Who created you and everything that goes on inside you. That God who did it all with a word came to live on the inside of you. Folks, that's a miracle. Yeah? You, are, you and I are all a miracle. I love that. So the disciples are just, just sat there. They're just waiting together. Jesus had told them just to stay there. And this sound's come. It's a sound that can't be felt. It's a fire that can't be heard. And that makes me wonder. That makes me see that there's a miracle taking place. And the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking in what? Speaking in tongues. I mean, uh, we all tongue, tongue speakers. What? That's not normal. Doesn't that make you wonder? The first time you heard somebody speaking in tongues, were you kind of like, "Oh yeah, this is this is normal"? <laughs> no. For these guys, suddenly these guys are speaking in speaking in tongues. They're speaking in language, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. That makes me wonder that's a miracle yes,
0: that's
1: right. <clears throat> I'm going to say it there's a miracle in your mouth it's true. Yeah. every day every second of every day there's a miracle in your mouth it's true. don't go looking outside of you for one there's one right here <laughs> yeah if you can speak in tongues then you are speaking a miracle yes. whenever that takes place there's a miracle speaking so suddenly it's all kicking off in this house right they're all making all this noise they're all, sp- all saying all these all, all these words Um, Do they understand what they're saying? I don't think so. They're just whispering these mysteries to the Lord. They're talking all these things. But there's a party going on in the town and these people in the streets around begin to hear the commotion that's going on in this one little house. And they gather around and they're, they're looking to see what on earth is all of this noise that's going on. And as they get closer, they begin to hear these people who are making all these noises. And now they're amazed because they hear them all speaking their language. Yeah? Yeah? Let me just have a look at this with you. uh, Acts 2, verse 5. Now now they they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking his own language. That's a miracle. Each one heard all of them speaking their language. Each one heard all of them speaking his language. Not all of them heard each one of them speaking his language. Yeah? Do you understand? It's like the French guy, if I'm here, if I'm bonjour, you know, I turn up, I am hearing all of you speaking French to me, but at the same time, my Jewish friend, hears all of you, at the same time as me hearing French, hears you speaking in his language as well. And my German friend, he stood next to me, and he hears all of you speaking my language to me. They were bewildered. Do you get? Do you do you see that? That's a miracle, yes, it is. you know. That's a miracle. All of them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they said, "Are these men who was, are, are these men not Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? That's a miracle. Yes. That's the miracle of tongues, folks. You know, I don't think." that they were speaking all those different languages I think they were speaking in tongues the same way we speak in tongues the Holy Spirit had taken their words and put them into the ears in the language that he needed to communicate you know the language of heaven is a language that surpasses every language on the earth yeah Yeah? the language of heaven can be understood by every single person on the earth as the Holy Spirit enables because there were still others in the crowd who didn't hear anything they said oh they're just drunk they're just rambling, it doesn't make any sense. What are you guys talking about speaking your language? These guys are just drunk. And then Peter steps forward and says, citizens, we're not drunk as you suppose, it's only such and such in the clock in the morning. And then he begins to preach this amazing sermon. I love that. Don't neglect speaking in tongues. Don't neglect speaking in tongues because it really is the language of heaven. The miracle of heaven is in your mouth every day, every moment. I remember years ago, well, many years ago, over 20 years ago, I was in Lutterworth in a pub. Um, I wasn't a Christian, obviously, because I was in a pub. Wow. Well, I was in this pub and my friend had become a Christian and he'd been baptized in water and, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he was like, "Oh yeah, you've got, you've got to become a Christian, you've got to become a Christian. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to do that. And uh, while we were in there, there were some people in there who didn't like either of us and they wanted to have a fight. They, were, they weren't from uh, this country. And so we were hedged in in the corner of this bar as these, these guys came to cause us physical harm. That's what the police report would say. Um, and my friend suddenly jumped up and began shouting at them and speaking to them in tongues and these guys nodded, backed off and left the pub and I'm sat there thinking what on earth has just happened there and he said I don't know what I said I just spoke in tongues isn't it amazing I'm a Christian you should give your life to Jesus as well and I'm thinking let's just drink up and get out tongues the same tongues that you've got, the everyday tongues that you speak, the ones that you, you whisper quietly in your meeting, when, on a Sunday morning when the music's turned up to full volume and you think, oh, nobody else around me can hear me now, and I'll go, blah, blah, you know, you know. Tongues, that language that's inside of you all the time, that when you walk around the house and you're talking in English to God and suddenly, whoop, out comes these other words and you think, oh, I can't talk like that, sounds silly. Tongues, this language of heaven God's given you, it's power in your mouth. Yeah to change circumstances and situations and you know what these guys didn't know what they were talking about and yet to every person that heard they heard these people talking about the good things of Christ you know what you don't have to be educated and have all of this inside of all of you before all of all of this starts coming out of you because the Holy Spirit wrote all of this and it's in him already does that make sense was that too quick you're still awake you're still with me My dad was in Italy many years ago, when he was a little, a lot younger than he was now, <laughs> selling books, uh, Christian books, and he'll tell you this story better than I can, but he was in this Italian market, he couldn't sell any books because he couldn't speak Italian, he was rubbish. And so he was getting very, very hungry because the only time he could eat was when he sold books, and so he wasn't selling any books, so he wasn't getting any, uh, any food. And so he found himself in the middle of this market square, this town square in in, uh, in Italy, in a in a town, trying to sell these books. And uh, people, kept, the Italian people, kept coming up to him, and uh, he just Bee. eh books, mm. you know, t- typical Brit. And um, one of the people got offended because he wasn't selling cap- Catholic books, you know, with the big C. He was selling Christian books with the small C. And so a crowd began to gather around him and the, the, the priest was there and all these different things. gathered around him and they were getting quite angry with him. And so my father began to speak in tongues, just audibly so everybody could hear he was speaking in tongues. And as he spoke in tongues, people began to listen and the, quiet, the, the crowd uh, calmed down and then they bought all of his books. <laughs> now my dad thinks he can speak Italian, <laughs> yeah, he, he can't speak Italian. but. Um, miracles some Christians I meet they they always say I want to see a miracle in my life I want to see miracles I want to see signs I want to see wonders but they're not prepared to take the time to just speak in tongues to come to a place of waiting with the Lord to speak in tongues to use the miracle that's in your mouth the miracle that that Christ has put in your heart you know a, a tongue speaking church will change a whole region A tongue speaking individual can change a whole workplace. So so, so I want to encourage you, don't neglect the gift that Christ has put in you, this gift of speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is an active form of waiting on the Lord. You see, the disciples hadn't done anything different apart from wait. They didn't stop waiting. They just went into the room, went into this place, and they waited just as the Lord told them to do. Speaking in tongues is an active form of waiting on the Lord. It's calming down and cutting off all the billion things that are going on in your brain and just allowing the heart to speak. It puts you into a position before the throne of God to say, Father, I'm just waiting on you now to either deliver me in the circumstance that I'm in right now or just to edify you and lift you up with the language that you've given me speaking in tongues is active waiting on the Lord it's only possible when your conscious mind has stopped being fixed on everything else Yeah. you can still drive a car while speaking in tongues though, don't worry you won't crash, you might get there quicker but at no point in the scriptures does it say that the disciples stopped waiting on the Lord it doesn't say, and then they, they all got filled with the Holy Spirit and they stopped waiting on the Lord and they went about their everyday business. It doesn't say that. We just have them waiting on the Lord. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and they're still in this place of waiting on the Lord. And they're just being moved now as the Holy Spirit moves them along. The church is birthed out of waiting on the Lord. Yeah? Not soaking and sitting still, but waiting, being, being actively available to God 24-7 all of the time. And in their waiting, the Holy Spirit moved them. Um, in fact, Peter, who, who was afraid, everybody knows Peter, he denied Jesus, he, he was afraid, he ran away, he hid himself. And now, by the Holy Spirit, yeah. he steps forward boldly and starts preaching the gospel to all of these people. And what happened? What was the product at the end of it? Multitudes of people were swept into the kingdom. Multitudes of people were convicted in their heart. What must we do to be saved? What must we do to have what you were talking about? And he said, Be baptized. Repent, be baptized, and then you yourself will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you can't achieve anything on your own. Yeah, you can't, you, you won't be able to do anything anything on your own but the Holy Spirit comes in power yeah, that's right. you know the Holy Spirit the same one that's in Peter in the Gospels lives in me lives in you that's right. you know that's right. and because if we lean on him if we're leaning and waiting on him to let him accomplish the tasks before us yeah we don't have to be afraid no, right. we rely totally on him and he does the work for us I am amazed at the things that God's put, allowed me to do so, I mean crazy things all of the time but it comes out of a place of just waiting on God being ready for what he wants us to do miraculous equals a spontaneous expansion of the church God had said in heaven to the Holy Spirit go Jesus has said to the disciples go the Holy Spirit came and commissioned the church and enabled the church to go in power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, waiting isn't a stationary action. Yeah, I've already said it a few times, but I need to make it clear. Waiting isn't a stationary action. You know, if you, if you ever waited in a queue, you know, you're still moving forward, right? But you're just waiting. You know, waiting is an inward position of being available to God. Got 10 minutes, gotta be quick. Okay. Um, so, church growth. Uh, so sorry let me just say this the holy spirit isn't your tool either for you to use yeah you are to be used by the holy spirit okay i will pick up this in the in the the second bit in a little while when we look at paul Uh, but church church can only come about by miraculous means Um, how many of you are born again how many of you got born again all by yourself how many of you saved yourself (laughs) none of you that's a miracle right all of us. the church was birthed you were birthed into the kingdom of God by supernatural means and that means that your next-door neighbor and your work colleague and all those people that reject you or you feel reject reject you because of the the gospel that you preach all of them can be saved because it's only by a miracle that any one of us was saved in the first place Don't give up on them at all. They will come into the kingdom. Why? Because you're going to continue to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do to reach out to them. Isn't that amazing? Love that. Okay. Um, If we go through the motions of just doing church, um, if we're just coming along to meetings on a Sunday, singing our six songs, putting our hands up in the air at the right moment, if we're just going along to uh, clubs and, uh, and and social outreaches if if all we're doing is barbecues and, and meeting in our homes for different uh, social occasions we're not a church we're just a social club yeah the church minus the holy spirit is just a social club and and you know numbers will be upped uh, as good or as easy as the as the membership can be to get in yeah a, will grow very quick. A, a social club church will grow very, very quickly if the demand is very, very low for membership. Yeah. It's very nice to come to a, a church that does stuff. Um, but if we just choose to move in the Holy Spirit, then a different kind of community emerges, you know, a completely different kind of... Emer- this kingdom community emerges that's full of power. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid of putting God first in your life. Um, because nobody who put God first lacked anything in the long run. Our natural resources that we have, they they become secondary to the spiritual resources that we have in heaven, which means that we can willingly share what we have with others. In order to see them added into the kingdom, we can willingly share the excess that we have or even the little that we have because we know that our heavenly Father will provide for our needs and he'll provide for our needs through other people In the church, he doesn't just fall from heaven. Although I won't tell that story, but stuff does fall from heaven. He supplies all of our needs according to his great riches. Let me just move on a little. Let's show you that. Acts 2 42 says this They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracle signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together. They were all together at the beginning. All the believers are together now and had everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had needed and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and together had glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people and the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. I might pick this up again in a minute, but I'll just say it now. Um, this coming together all the time, they weren't just coming together for meetings, 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 although they did have meetings. They came together to to remember the Lord. This meal that they had together was always to remember. It was always an act of waiting. It was an, it was a, an act of, of continually positioning ourselves spiritually to say, you're first. I'm waiting on you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Let's have this meal together. You know, they, they, they were together. Only the Holy Spirit can put together different people from different cultures at different times and different experiences. You know, only the, King, uh, uh, only the Holy Spirit can put the rich and the poor together and they all live together all happy, 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 happy. happy happy yeah Um, only the Holy Spirit can do that without the Holy Spirit you won't be able to accomplish any of that but with the Holy Spirit you can do all of that but do not neglect waiting on the Lord speaking in tongues and being available to him for all the things that he wants us to do okay I can see some of you are drowning a little bit here and I've gone for 25 minutes so we will have a little leg stretch for 5 minutes is that okay little chat amongst yourselves And then we'll come back together, and we'll uh, wake up back in the room. Okay. I love this Bible. I bought this Bible when I first went to Bible school. Um, It's a good time to have a Bible. And um, I use this Bible all the way through Bible school, and all the way through, I've highlighted um, each class uh, that I was in, in, different, in a different colored ink, so now I can turn in my Bible to different pages at different times, I can look at the back and I say okay I need to talk on uh, Christian foundations and I just need to look for purple in my Bible and I can find purple and I, can, I know that that's Christian foundations. So I've taken this Bible, this Bible traveled all over the world with me and I lost this Bible two years ago in Cuba. And um, I was a bit upset at the time of losing, losing the Bible um, not, and there's nothing magical about it. It's just something that you've invested time into and uh, And everything else so anyway, I went and got myself another Bible as you do And I've been preaching from the voice Bible for the last two two years And every now and then I think about this Bible and thought I wonder what happened to that Bible I wonder if uh, you know in my head I thought I hope a, a Cuban guy that speaks English got that Bible and I hope he's being blessed by it But I wonder what happened to the Bible and then preparing for Bible week just gone um, I was, uh, you know, deep in the Word and praying, God, I want to see miracles, I want to see signs, I want to see wonders, I want to be prepared. And uh, we, uh, we were getting ready to pack our cases. And so to pack my bag in my house, I got a big bed, put the sheet, you know, the double bed with the, the, the blanket on, so nothing on the bed. And I put my suitcase on the bed, and I went and got my clothes out of my cupboard that were all neat and tidy. and I put those on the, on the bed, and I'm looking at it. Right number of trousers, right number of shirts, right number of all the the bits and pieces. And I began to put them into my case. And as I picked up my pile of trousers, I lifted them up and my Bible was on my bed. And I was like, how did my Bible get there? Oh, I wonder. It's a miracle. Um, So I got my Bible back and um, I've been very excited to have it back since then. But God will provide all that you need whenever you need it. Yeah. and he'll do things because he wants you to be happy he wants you to stop wondering about stuff sometimes my mother-in-law she's not saved yet she will be saved she's coming into the kingdom we're praying her in there and everything else she's another lady as well who, who had lost, her, lost a ring and uh, she'd lost this ring in the house I might have told this story here before and uh, my wife was speaking to her on the phone she said oh Joanne we've, I've lost this ring it's really precious to me and everything else can't find it anywhere and so Jo said well let's pray and my mother-in-law was like, oh, 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 praying. She said, no, no, come on, mum, let, let, let's pray. So she, went, so she went, so mother-in-law went, okay. So Joe prayed, you know, Lord Jesus, help my mother find the ring, blah, 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 etc., cetera, etc., cetera. amen. Uh, and uh, my mother-in-law went, hmm, that's nice, anyway, carry on. And my wife said, no, mum, you've got to say amen. She went, if you don't say amen, you're not agreeing with me for the prayer that we've just prayed to ask God to help you find your ring. And if you can not agree with me on it, then you're not going to find your ring. So going, all right, amen. <laughs> and they finished their chat, probably about four hours later, but they finished the chat anyway. And uh, I'm not kidding you, like 20 minutes later, my mother-in-law is on the phone. You'll never guess what. I've just found the ring in the most peculiar place, but there it was. The prayer worked. The prayer worked. Yeah, Wonderful. He's real, folks. Yeah. He is so, so real. And if- you know, and you can trust him, you know, you can trust him to answer the questions and the requests that you make to him. Uh, So in the last session, we looked at the miracle of Pentecost uh, in the hope that it introduces you in some way to to miracles, opens your eyes and your minds and maybe just, just your thinking that, wow, yeah, I have miracles happening around me all the time, every day. And, And they're not just in this small niche of healing and and, and, uh, and what some people will call the peculiar. I love all of that, but God's so much bigger than that. All of that, okay. The baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers um, us believers to, to witness to the world um, through the life that we live, but also through the words that we use. And we never need to be afraid of being able to witness by the Holy Spirit because he's the one that gives us all of the words that we need when we need them anyway, okay. Um, and the same Spirit that lived in them now lives in you. The same Holy Spirit that was alive in them as they grew, and as the church began to explode in growth, is the same Holy Spirit that's going to lie down in you in bed tonight and go to sleep. No, he won't go to sleep. You'll go to sleep, and he'll continue his heavenly conversation with our Father through you. Isn't that Ace? You know, whenever you, if you're married and you listen to your husband or wife talking in their sleep, you know, have a listen sometimes, see what the Holy Spirit's saying through them. (laughs) (laughs) But the key for us to to live in miracles um, is that we must hold this inward position of waiting on the Lord and waiting on him alone to to move within us in our everyday life. Um, uh, uh, some people say that uh, God's got a plan for your life or there's a, uh, God's got a plan for your life uh, he has one plan, he doesn't have billions of plans yeah? you are part of his plan
0: yeah, yeah?
1: so God's plan for your life is just for you to be in his plan Amen. in the world Okay. so, so you can, next time you can say it to somebody, God hasn't got a plan for your life, he's just got his own plan I like that I like being in, in his plan, yeah, yeah. you know I, like, I, have, I have a little notification that pings on my phone in the morning that reminds me to pray and just ask God, father i 'd like to be a part of your day today Can I come with you? You know you pray those prayers, Father, I want to be a part of your day today i don 't want you to be a part of mine and what i've got i 've got loads of things on, uh, but I want to be a part of your day today. That's good. Can I be a part of that plan with you? Can I be a part of that with you? Right, we're going to skip forward to Acts chapter 9 because we haven't got all night to do the whole Bible. <laughs> all right, we're going to skip forward uh, and we're just going to uh, uh, we're going to look at Saul's conversion because this was another miracle intervention of God and we can you can read about it in Acts chapter 9 verses one to nine, but, as the, but in this story, we've got Saul. He's going down to Damascus. He's on the Damascus Road, and he's been given the authority by the high priests to go and arrest all the Christians. And while he's on the road, he's suddenly confronted by this blinding light. Ta-da! <laughs> and this voice shouting out to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's pretty brave because then he asks, well, who is it that's talking to me? You know, this great big light that's shining down from the, from the sky that's kind of on you and this voice booming from the heavens. You know, Saul, so, why are you persecuting me? And you, have the, you, you kind of ask the question, well, who's this? He's having a wonder. I wonder who that is that's talking to me. Yeah. This is pretty important as well for you to know that Jesus, who had ascended into heaven and was now seated on the right-hand side of the Father, in the heavens was now intervening in the earth by himself to a man who needed to hear his voice Jesus was doing it he said to the disciples now you go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations baptize them and I thought, oh, no 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 no, no there we go yeah but now he was doing it himself what does that tell me it tells me that Jesus is still involved in the world today yeah he's still doing These things. There wasn't a Christian around to 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 talk to Saul. In fact, if one had been around, Saul would have beaten him, arrested him, and thrown him in jail. Okay, wouldn't have had much time to get it out. So Jesus Himself had intervened. So uh, when I meet people who say that Jesus had witness to them, I believe them. You know, I think okay, well, Jesus can do that. In fact, it's His plan for the world. We're just privileged to be a part of doing it with Him in the earth. He has invited us to be a part of what he is doing. Um, Jesus alone. If you can believe that Jesus alone can do it, you're opening yourself up to miracles, because that's a miracle in itself. We have a brother in Bhutan um, who we keep trying to bring into the country, but unfortunately we we let down so much. Uh, He was dying in his bed in Bhutan, and his family had come in, and they'd all shared their last and final respects To him uh, and had left his house there and and Jesus came to him in the night to his window and spoke to him and told him all who he was and all the things that he had done in the world and had said to him and you are now commissioned to get out of your bed and tell everybody else all about me he didn't have a Bible he didn't been to Bible school he'd never heard of Jesus before He's in a country that's 99.9% Buddhist. Yeah. He's up in the mountains. Immediately, he got out of his bed, fully healed, fully well, fully restored, and went around the village telling everybody about this man, Jesus, who he'd met, who had done all these wonderful things and had come to save. And a church was started in the hills of Bhutan. And when my father and mother went over there, they met this man and they began to tell this man about Jesus from the Bible and he was saying yes I've met him what what is that that you've got my father was well, this is the Bible yes everything that you, the man told me is in your book could I have one of those please and my father gave him a Bible miracles miracles Jesus is involved every day now Saul after his encounter with with, with Jesus was told to wait Waiting again. It's coming up again. Waiting. But Saul, I I imagine, was quite an impatient kind of guy. Somebody who really didn't have much time for waiting. He had a mission to do and everything else. And so to help him with his waiting, that's how I look at it, uh, 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 God made him blind. You can't accomplish tasks when you can't see what you're doing, right? So God left him blind for three days. And uh, uh, and that means he waited for three days. Old days as well. It's good, eh? He's waiting, forced waiting. And during that time, God spoke to another man, Ananias, and um, Ananias, sorry. And he was told uh, that he was to go to the the house of Judas on Straight Street. Miracles can be specific. God says, "I want you to go to a house." On Straight Street, I want you to go to Judas's house, and there you'll find a man, Saul. And um, when you get there, you will find a man, Saul, who is my chosen vessel, who is God's chosen vessel, who would be a witness for Jesus to the whole world. You know, a useful vessel is an empty vessel. Yeah, if you want a cup of tea and there's already a cup of co- there's coffee in the cup, you can't have a cup of tea, right? It needs to be empty in order for the tea to go in 3 days of blindness and waiting for nothing but God's next instruction emptied Saul of himself and made him a useful vessel for the Lord's work it emptied him of them and made Saul useful the bible tells us that ananias came and he found paul and he talked to him and he prayed for him and he called him brother You know, don't be afraid when God tells you to go and talk to somebody. Don't think, oh, well, I can't talk to that person because he might reject me. This guy, if Saul wasn't what God had called him to be, was going to get thrown in jail. And yet his first response was brother. When God tells you to go and talk to somebody, or when you have the opportunity to talk to somebody, he's saying that person is going to come into the family. So treat them like part of the family. You know, let the Holy Spirit witness through you, brother, he said. And he he begins to tell Saul all about the things uh, that he was going to do. And then he prayed for him. And when he prayed, it says that Saul's eyes were opened. It says scales fell off his eyeballs. I wonder what that looked like. (laughs) Scales, you know. So was it a cataract? Was it a great big scale? I don't know, it makes me wonder. It's a miracle, right? A miracle taking place. These scales fell off his eyes, and he could see again. And it says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. See that? He didn't just go off and go, okay, I believe God now because whew, he made me blind for three days, and I don't want that to happen to me again. I promise out of fear to go and be a witness. No, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was baptized too. You know, I like that we've got the baptism baptistry here. God's chosen way of converting Saul was by a miracle and by a man. Yeah? So it's not just one without the other. It was a miracle and a man. And the fruit of the conversion is that Saul set about in power, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, even though he faced death, the church was built up. Acts chapter 9.31. Acts nine. says this and the church throughout and the church throughout Judea Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and it grew in numbers living in the fear of the Lord the effect of a Holy Spirit super life if you like I love that Holy Spirit superpower life is that the church is built up, that the, the numbers are added, that believers are brought in, that there is peace amongst the people. And there's fear in the Lord. Let's have a look. In Acts chapter 9, verse 32, we see another example of this. Peter, um, it goes, Peter goes along to visit some people in a town called Lyd. Lyd, am I right? Yeah, we'll use that one. Lyd? Lyd? Yeah, Lydda. Okay, Lidda. Lydda. And while he's there, he heals another man who's been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. That's amazing. So this Peter goes into town, meets this guy who's been bedridden for eight years and he's been paralyzed. And he performs, by the Holy Spirit, a miracle of healing. And the man gets out of bed. And check this out. Uh, it says this. That when he was healed, the, res- the residents, the whole of Lid, Lidder And the whole of Sharon, two towns, two whole towns, the whole of Hinkley and the whole of Burbage believed in the Lord because this guy was healed. That tells me something, it tells me that that guy was known in the towns. Yeah, he, 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 they must, he must have, people must have known about him. If you've been paralyzed for eight years in your bedridden, people are going to have to look after you. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to bring you food. They're going to have to care for you. They're going to have to care for your family. The, 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 this man was known for, for, for being ill. And when he was healed, people were like, yes, fantastic. We don't have to care for him anymore. And then they all get saved and they are all caring for one another. Yeah? The t- a whole of two towns yeah. came in. Yeah. A healing sign saw the church grow. That's right. you know, a healing sign saw the church grow. Whenever you look at healing in the Bible, I'm just going off, off, off track here, you'll always see healing equals church growth or healing equals people being saved. There are very few instances where healing occurs just for the members of the church. Yeah? There are, very, very, there are there, there, I believe there, there are two instances of a healing taking place just for the benefit of the body yeah the rest of the time healings are taking place for the benefit of the world to be reached again don't narrow yourself down to just healing in the body in the, on a Sunday morning in your meeting yeah. don't try and squeeze just keep squeezing God into the last 10 minutes of the meeting after the word's been preached you know healing you all have a miracle in your mouth and you got healing in your hands that's what the Bible tells us so when you pray for people expect them to be well because that's the promise of God Amen. yeah and expect them to be well for the purpose of salvation yeah there's a lot of YouTube videos out there of people being healed, but they're not getting saved. Like, whoa, isn't that great? Look what Jesus just did right now. He healed that guy in the street. But the guy's still going to hell, albeit with a, with a good body. Always make sure that the gospel is attached, the good news of the gospel. And if you go in prepared, when I lay hands on this person and they are well, I'm going to make sure that Jesus gets the credit so that they can come into the kingdom. Yeah. Very good. yeah? So, two whole towns have just been saved because of a miracle taking place, a healing sign. Uh, Now, the great thing I like is that Peter just moved on. He didn't start a life group, he didn't plant a church, he didn't. Two whole towns just got saved, man. You know, you could have a mega church. We, We need to build a center. No, he just left them to the Holy Spirit. You know, why? Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher, he's the comforter, he's the guide. Yeah, and there are plenty of other ministries coming through to help the body as they went. But he moves on anyway. Um, he moves on and he goes to Tabitha's house, a lady called Tabitha, and she's in another town. Now, he goes to her house because Tabitha's dead. And uh, so, so he, ne- he was needed in her house. Tabitha's dead, right? She was a good lady. Uh, she did lots of good work, good charity work in the community. She was well-liked by lots of people that were around. But unfortunately, she died. And uh, because she died, uh, she'd also been prepared for burial, which means that she'd been dead for at least half a day, um, so she was prepared to prepared for, for 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 burial. And so, as Peter was there, these people called him to the town. The town is called Joppa. And so he goes down to Tabitha's uh, Tabitha's house, and when he gets there, um, he goes into the house, and he says, and it says he knelt down by the bed, next to the next to where the body was and he waited on the lord he positioned himself first and foremost to serve the lord he made himself available to him and what the lord wanted to achieve yeah we don't know how the we know what the end of the story is he didn't know what was going to happen in that moment he was just in the room with a dead body but he prayed he prayed And then he turned to the body and he said, Tabitha, get up. I'd love to be all Pentecostal and shout that. Get up! uh, I'm I'm not going to do that tonight. (laughs) Get up. And guess what? She did. She came back to life. She got up. and she, She went out and showed herself to everybody. And the fruit of that was many people in the town gave their lives to the Lord. Many people believed the fruit of the miracle was healing. Prayer is a conversation with the Lord. And it involves more listening than it does talking. Yeah?
0: yeah.
1: We, uh, we have to go, all right, I'm going to my room to pray. And you start throwing your prayer requests up there. You say, sorry, you might say a quick thank you first. Thank you God for saving me. Anyway, here's the list.
0: <laughs>
1: Here it comes. Yeah? But prayer, I and mean, this is God, remember, the creator of everything you know we tried to draw i tried to paint a really big picture of him and he's much bigger than that himself god he, he knows what's going on yeah. all right we'll be better just listening to him as much as we can we'll be better just let our prayer life be a, a life of waiting on him yeah. and listening to him yeah yes. the miracle ways of god come through a church that is waiting on him not a stationary action but a church that's disciplined in prayer disciplined in having its ears open to hear what the Holy Spirit is doing and then when they've waited when they've heard they move in the ways that that Jesus has asked them they don't just listen to a prophetic word that comes in power and demonstration to them and go oh that's nice we'll wait for the other side of the room to pick up where that is, they move on the word that God's given them. They get excited about the word that God's given them. They get excited about the things that God's promised them, and they put into action the things that they can to see that word be brought to life. Amen. Amen. You can do it, guys. Yes,
0: that's right.
1: mm. This position of prayer, this position of waiting on God was a practice of Jesus, Yeah. Every morning he would disappear off and he'd go and he'd listen to his father. He'd go and talk to his father. Many times as you read about Jesus' miracles and Jesus' journey, you find that he's gone somewhere else to pray, to go and position himself to be available to his father, to talk with his father, to listen to his father. You know, we, we don't just have this example for, oh, that's nice that Jesus did that. It's an example for us to follow as well. God wants us to position ourselves in this way. He regularly went to pray and to listen and talk to his father. And then the Bible says he moved as he saw his father moving. God keeps saying it over and over again that waiting on him, keeping him at the forefront of our thoughts enables miracles to operate in our everyday life. Every day. How oh, God wants a people so conscious of his presence that revival is made possible. Do you know God's heart is aching for revival in this nation? It's aching to see a people who are so conscious, have chosen to be so conscious of his presence in their everyday life that that, that revival only that's 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 the only thing that can happen. We miss, uh, we miss, we miss, we miss out so much by making our life more important than the life of the Holy Spirit. You know, we can, we we do, we really do. You know, I could point my I could point my, my, my finger, I could point the finger at me as well some days, lots of days. Oh, I made my life more important today. Ah, oh, you know what? That's why I have the reminder on my phone to remind myself it's not your day, Tim. Make yourself available to Him. Don't feel down. Okay, I'm going to try and lift you all back up again now. I'm <laughs> just painting that picture. Uh, but God shows all the way through the book of Acts, and he shows all the way through the history of the church that revival and church growth, amazing things, come through the praying church, the church that manifests and lives in his presence. Uh, next month, I'm going to Colombia. I'm going to a church there that, that when it was 200 people strong, um, the pastor gave, went to God and said, I give up. You know, I, I want to see a big church. I want to see amazing things happen, and I'm not seeing it. And I, I've got all the worship services going on and all the meetings going on. and We're only 200 people. We're not seeing people saved. And God said to him, well, forget all about that. Next week, just come together and be a people of my presence. And so he gathered back together that week and he we told everybody in the church, we're not going to do the songs, we're not going to do this, we're just going to pray. And we're going to seek God for his presence. And then the following, after they did that, the following week, there, 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 there was a program put together as normal, there was songs and singing, but they were, came together to pray, they came together to be a people who just wanted God to be the forefront of their minds. So when I get there, it's a church of 150,000 people wow. now. <laughs> Why? Because God... God is hungry for a church. He's hungry for people who will just make him number one yes. in the meeting or number one in the gathering. Yeah? People, be a people of his presence. Be a people. And miracles, boy, I'm looking forward to seeing them in, with my own eyes. But every week it's miracles, miracles, miracles. Miracles. All the time. We've got to stop thinking that we can squeeze God into the last 15 minutes of a meeting. The church needs to discipline herself on waiting on the Lord we need to come back to this place of father you first me second um, how long will you wait how long will you position yourself God might challenge you to do something extreme Ooh. I don't mean you know, extreme as we see in the news But God might challenge you to say, look, I want you at a certain time every day just to come and sit in my presence and don't move from my armchair, read my word, listen, close your eyes and listen for my voice. And I want you to do that all of the time. There there are some people that I know that have locked themselves in toilets with the lights off and denied themselves and they've not come out of the room until God spoke to them. Yeah? It's extreme, right? Oh, I can't do that. I haven't got time for that. You have. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he's calling all of us to go and do those crazy things. But just do the thing. You know, they, they, a discipline is, is often a hard thing to begin with before it becomes a habit. Yeah, a discipline of talking in tongues, speaking in tongues every day. Right. This uh, my friend Jordan. You might have met Jordan. I think he's been. Uh, he spoke here. Um, he disciplines himself. When I first met him, he said, "Tim, I every day I am speaking in tongues for 15 minutes without interruption." Do you know what? That is a very hard thing for the church to do today. Just, to speak in tongues for 50, just speak in tongues. He said, I'm disciplining myself to speak in tongues for 15 minutes every day. And I thought, wow, that's a bit crazy. He said, yeah, but because I, I want to speak in tongues all of the time every day. Yeah? But I have to first get into the habit of not letting my mind rule over. Okay? Uh, da da Blind for three days is pretty extreme, isn't it? You know, in today's book, you know, if you're blind for three days, what's work going to say tomorrow? You know, that's that's pretty extreme. Sitting and waiting in an upper room is pretty extreme. Yeah, but that's what God needed. He needed empty vessels, people who were willing just to receive from him. Okay, you know, dying on a cross is pretty extreme, but it was the only way a commitment to discipline ourselves yes, yes. in the ways of the Holy Spirit, discipline in ourselves, in the ways of the Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, learning to hear his voice. Yes. You know, is it in the wind? No, it's in the fire. Learning to hear his voice, speaking in a heavenly, life, being confident prayers in tongues. Do you know the great thing about, you know when a tongue comes in a gathering you know, some people sit there and go, oh, I think I've got a tongue to bring in the gathering. And they go in the, uh, uh, but they don't bring the tongue because they're worried about the interpretation. But if we know what the Bible says, somebody in the room is going to automatically know what the translation is because it's going to sound like your language. Yeah. So can I say this as well, when somebody brings a tongue in a gathering, don't be slow in coming forward and saying, hey, I know what that says. Yeah? Discipline yourselves in the ways of the Spirit. Okay. Daily they went to the temple courts. Daily they disciplined themselves to be together. You know, their time was three o'clock in the afternoon. That was their time to go and pray, every, uh, three o'clock every afternoon. Peter went up at the ro- onto his rooftop at his traditional time. He put the, they put things into their calendar. And it's not religion. They just put things in to, disli- to discipline themselves so that they were constantly available to God. And you know what? When Peter went up onto that roof, what was the fruit? Cornelius and his whole household were baptized and added into the kingdom community. And the gospel went from a Jewish people out into a Gentile nation. That's right. Folks, it's 2104, so I have to stop talking. The Holy Spirit, God, yeah. wants to visit you In power he doesn't want to visit you in a meeting in the last 10 minutes he wants to meet you every day in power and he wants you to be available that's his invitation to you if you will make yourself available to me then I will come and live through you that's the invitation from God that's the invitation from here And if you live for him in this new way, this exciting way, and I know every single one of you came into this life because this is the life you wanted to live. But if you live this life, the church in this area and the areas beyond will grow and grow and grow. And it will grow through the amazing miracles and signs and wonders, not done by a few, but done by everybody. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for each and every life that's here tonight. Holy Spirit, as they rest this evening, speak to their minds. Speak to their minds in new and exciting ways. Let them hear your voice. If they've never heard your voice, Father, let them hear your voice for the first time. Let them begin to be able to discern the things that you are wanting them to do. Holy Spirit, begin to put into their mouths a new tongue, Father, as they begin to speak to you in prayer and in life. Let those words become new life-giving words Father I pray for every child of every member of every family here Father let them know the peace of God in their school life and in their family life let health be a new hallmark of this church let wholeness be a new hallmark of this church let sign and wonder become a beacon in this community Holy Spirit come on this house once more visit in power and in strength and in and in demonstration i pray in jesus mighty name Amen. amen
0: thanks for joining us today there's so much going on at living rock church and we'd love for you to be involved search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.